0: I did read a, an article about the punk scene in Tel Aviv that I thought was super oh, yeah. interesting. That was Hell like, yeah. you know, I mean, most of the, most of the punk bands in Israel are unsurprisingly like anti-Zionist, you know, like, yeah. but there is also like a pretty hardcore, like kind of the equivalence of like the skinhead culture. Like there's like a hardcore Zionist culture too. Right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't surprise yeah. me, man that which happens here happens everywhere
1: in like in like five to ten years you know Tel Aviv might be seen very similarly to how like Berlin was you know like culturally right. yeah <laughs> like 40 years ago who would have thought you know that's funny yeah and and all of these things are all simultaneously existing within themselves and that um, um, and that's and yeah. that's a throwback that's some unfinished business from last time the Dow, dude. Everything and
0: nothing. It's the all, Dow. all
1: happening at the same time, buddy.
0: I looked it up. I don't think that there's a Kindle version of the Ursula Le Guin. Or maybe there is. I, I, there, I just haven't well, bought, I, pulled the trigger on getting it yet. I, yeah, I bought. I found it and
1: I bought it. Well, it's just like... You yeah, bought the Kindle version? Yeah, it's 14 bucks. I don't know if it's in the library. I mean, here's the thing is like if you got it through the library, I mean, you can crush it in a day. You know it's easy yeah yeah totally i read half of it in a hour-long bus ride you know mm-hmm. um, but it's all about going back and like <laughs> some dog dog earring pages
0: and whatever. yeah totally um living the dow man living the down it the does dow, feel good yeah. it feels it feels it feels right that the the dow is an episode was lost to time lost yeah. in the river right
1: yeah, D Crane's comment about it was
0: just like Ooh. perfect. You know, it's just like, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you're right. We
1: had the conversation and we'll, yeah.
0: you know. <laughs> I would have liked to have the Nazi exploitation stuff on. Yeah. That one didn't need to get lost, but
1: no. But, um, well, I'm sure it'll come back up. Yeah. 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 Since Nazis seem to uh, want to keep coming back up in general.
0: Just in general, yeah, just constantly.
1: Constantly. They just won't give it up.
0: <sighs> um. Welcome to the Hegelian Friendship Simulator. The only podcast on the internet where we try to uncover the truth of the universe, one Wikipedia article at a time. Uh, I am, of course, joined, as always, by the the Uh coffee-drinking Alex Virgil.
1: Hey, all right. Thanks, John. Oh, just gave it away. Uh, I, of course, am joined, as always, by my... uh, belligerent but equally benevolent john Nicholas.
0: you're goddamn right uh and uh we are of course joined by our producer and nsa informant emmy sack emmy sack our favorite nsa informant yeah (laughs) uh how we doing guys what's up
1: Hey, I think first and first and foremost, we should just uh contextualize the the recording session right now. It is in fact the morning of the 4th of July, 2021, our year of our
0: Lord. And I'm proud to be an American.
1: Where I really? might Yeah.
0: I might be free. free. <laughs> I might be free. Um, happy 4th. Yeah, Happy 4th, guys. Gonna do some grilling later. Hope you guys are are celebrating. With some, you know, normal summertime activities, I would hope. You know what I'm mean? going to I'm going to
1: exclusively eat Filipino food and Japanese food today. Ooh, that sounds nice. But made by thought... Japanese Americans and Filipino Americans.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Diversity. That's my compromise. The, the salad bowl. Fourth of July inside the salad bowl. <laughs> yeah.
1: One day it'll be a melting pot. One day. (laughs) It almost doesn't need to be. I like the salad. It doesn't need to be, man. It doesn't need to be because because the the drive to make it a melting pot goes against my my like just I'm going to use the word belief, my belief that this country is too big.
0: (laughs) I agree. I agree with this. It's just Um, too big, man. We could still celebrate the 4th of July if the United States was like 14 different countries, right? Yeah. Like Just yeah, like a collection so. of countries on a continent. We all mm-hmm. celebrate the same day, you know, like some, some of them celebrate the 4th a little bit heavier, some celebrate Juneteenth a little bit heavier. It just yeah. depends on the region of the, you know, the country in the... I was
1: just thinking, I think for myself moving forward, you know, today I got invited to a couple things today and and I genuinely don't know how I feel where it's like mm-hmm. I, I would love to go out and enjoy the day. I don't want to like wear American flag short shorts, you know? Yeah. And like if it's all you know, blonde, blonde white people, no offense Emmy. me. Um, if it's all blonde white people, then like I might feel a little bit weird about it. But I was saying if this Day moved forward towards a more, um, in terms of the observance, like Thanksgiving style, Christmas style situation, I might feel more comfortable moving forward. The red cups puking on the beach thing is like, is this how we want to celebrate? Is this how we want to regard this day?
0: Yeah, well, I almost am more okay with that then then ah, like a, a day of like reverence right where it's, yeah, 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 yeah. you know if you if you just remove the context like it it, it we had similar to this discussion we had about thanksgiving whereas like mm-hmm. thanksgiving is my favorite holiday but now right. i'm starting to be like fuck i don't really give enough credence to like the full fuller historical context yeah, of this yeah, day, yeah. right like this day is completely un- unchecked from context for me mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And the fourth has never been my, like, it never been a holiday. It's, I would, yeah. Sid, Sydney and I were talking, it's like, I think we've been together seven years and did like one, like real, like 4th of July right. total where right. we like went out and did stuff and then like, so it, but the puking is almost like the sign or not the puking, but like, the, like <laughs> right, the, right. that, that goofy, element of it that element is almost a sign that it's like all right well people don't people That's don't drink true. the Kool-Aid.
1: Right, not like the lady in the camo shorts.
0: Yeah, not like the lady who woke up this morning was like, "You know, it would be patriotic if I wore the the imagery of our American military, of yeah, our yeah, yeah. imperial police" World global police force
1: it is funny that like that demographic needs to prove it to themselves the most you know (laughs) feels the need to constantly prove it the most it's like yo like i live in america if if i'm american yeah if an outside force began invading america i would fight to protect it i don't know what you guys need to prove on the daily right aren't you guys proud of it i thought i thought we already established that you are the demographic that is constantly proud of it yeah it's okay oh, we God. get it man it's okay we get it we get you love america and that's cool man <laughs>
0: uh, it's just a little yeah. silly it is i mean it all all is right yeah what's it, it what is the least silly holiday I, all holidays are kind of silly right and They all are like yeah hmm. you know what's
1: uh, what i was thinking about is how i regard memorial day more patriotically than i do and I think oh, it comes it from, off. like, personal family stuff, obviously. Sure. Like, the idea yeah, yeah. of, like, I'm not, like, remembering. You know, Memorial Day is not to remember the machine. It's to remember the specific people who have given them The right. And that yeah, I can yeah. get behind, you know? Yeah. But um, I don't think we I give enough know. credence
0: to Labor Day either.
1: No. I mean, obviously not. We hate labor in this country. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, if you it, have to do it, something... you hate it.
1: And if you don't have to do it, you hate it. <laughs>
0: It's something that literally every single person does. Yeah. Or like, you know, every person that has to do it and we get this day off and it's like, we don't even, we don't even contemplate the day itself. Like there's nothing done for the day. There's no like, oh, we should all get together and like feel good about the fact that we're not working together. No, it's like.
1: No, the main thing is like, hey, do people like really expect me not wear white after this? Am I like, (laughs) is that like a thing? Are people keeping track? It's like 90% of what I think about Labor Day.
0: Yeah, it always I always hits me and it's like I didn't wear enough really? white this summer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I forgot Got to there. do it again. Uh, um do we have any unfinished business? We we missed a week. Uh thank oh, you for yeah. coming back, dear listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did have a um an unfortunate um recording mishap. Uh and so All of our discussion on on the Dow is lost to the sands of the Dow (laughs) to the Dow. Um, But it did um, it did strike us that we are probably going to are going to pump the brakes a little bit on our recording schedule, Um, both getting a little bit busier or all three of us are getting busier. And so we're we're going to do every other week recording from now Mm -hmm. on. Uh, And we're calling it
1: temporarily, but indefinitely. Yeah
0: temporarily indefinitely and and that's not to say that we might not release a little slick bonus app it just won't be the same format the classic um intro subject and two wiki holes that's going to be every other week um we might you know throw in some some arts and culture apps or i don't know Current events, some
1: news stuff. John's got a baby on the way, you know.
0: Yeah, we gotta.
1: Let's not mince words here. John's got a baby on the way, and that's all we need to say. In the words of baby, I think you understand that. In the words of,
0: uh, in the words of Cardi B, I need cheese from my egg. So that's
1: that's what, and that's what we're saying. You know, (laughs) I don't know what that means. The last thing I heard Cardi (laughs) B said is like a like macaroni
0: in a pot. Um, No, she goes, I got a baby. I need some money. I need cheese for my egg. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. That's hilarious. Um, um so yeah, I oh, don't think I have much. Oh, you do have unfinished business. There's what just
1: um a slight thing I need to bring to the attention of the listeners. I know this is this is like very important information. Um yeah. it is confirmed that the film Sergeant Stubby oh, is available yeah. on HBO Max, I think. I think it's oh, HBO wow. Max available for streaming yeah have HBO you watched max. it yet? i no i haven't watched it there are a lot of great <laughs> movies that are now available on hbo max and i'm like well, i'm watching for it, so no i haven't yet i
0: keep you know i should we all should we all should yeah eventually 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 man did we, did we ever figure out when the the new paul verhoven movie's coming out
1: Oh no, the horny nun movie. Yeah. Horny nun movie already in my Google <laughs> with the clock next to it. Um oh hor- that's hilarious. Horny nun movie first first result, nofilmschool.com. Second result, x <laughs> third, vi- mm-hmm. third red tube. Uh the little hours, I think it's called. Hmm? The little hours. No, no, no. No, that's it's, a totally I think different thing. Uh, benedetta benedetta yeah mm-hmm. the little hours is a pretty funny movie though if you've seen it it's um it's uh the shorter kate McCucci from garfunkel and oats mm-hmm. uh what's her name annie from community Oh, funny! And they and they all play nuns, but it's a comedy and like Nick Swardson
2: oh,
1: or not? Yeah, Nick Swartz, yeah, yeah. Nick Offerman, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty funny movie.
2: July yeah, 9th.
1: Was... It's coming out in five days.
0: Oh wow! Right. So so July uh, to our dear listeners, we are thinking of doing a um a viewing party, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we Hell can yeah. get it streaming at the same time, we'll do a viewing party. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. maybe we'll we'll start a twitch account or something. I was thinking of all different stuff we could do on Twitch so maybe we'll do twitch for it. Um, twitch would be cool and, heard, uh, and do a little tick. live live commentary viewing party um, but we're we'll also be on the lookout for a bonus app this month once yeah, we yeah, watch yeah. that movie I think that'll come out for sure I just watched Robocop the other day oh, great. amazing yeah
1: so, I haven't yeah. seen Robocop in a while
0: it is ridiculous that
1: might be the first one i have to i have to go back to Mm -hmm. yeah um because it's very much within the uh the verhovia verhoveniest of verhoven
0: movies i think it's the most in if i if i had to if i had to say one that i was like this is the most of that style like to the point yeah yeah
1: um Um, i (laughs) watched starship troopers too much Okay, sorry, what?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. I was I was gonna say, do you have a an intro subject today? I don't I know. I do what not. Time it is. Okay.
1: Do you know what time it is?
0: I can know what time it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you something. can, that would be all right. I got one, yeah. Um all right. Virg, do you know what time it is? <laughs> no, I very much do not know what time it is. <laughs> um uh, well, okay, it is time and I'm gonna use this intro subject very loosely. Okay. For okay. Um, surprise badass of the oh, week. Oh yay! Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: All
0: right. Um, so today we're gonna we're gonna talk about a Wikipedia article for Jennifer Mee M E E. Oh. Okay. Born July
1: twenty
0: eighth, nineteen ninety one.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're a few months older than uh, us or me at least,
0: a month younger than you. Exactly. Um, She was an American woman, or is an American woman, who uh, originally came into national prominence because she was known as the Hiccup Girl. Uh, And I found this because uh, I um, am deathly afraid of the hiccups.
1: You are
0: hate them, have this this long-standing fear that I'm going to get them and I'm never going to get rid of them. Uh, And it is about my biggest nightmare. Literally,
1: Um, what, three weeks ago, I fucking plugged your ears for you, drunk, to get the hiccups out?
0: Yeah, you got to plug the ears and you got to drink water upside down. And uh, usually that helps. Usually it works. Um, I don't know why no one told Jennifer me this, but she was known (laughs) as the hiccup girl. She appeared on national American television shows, such as the Today Show, many times. Many times, the article says.
1: I've definitely um, at least seen one clip.
0: Uh, and so she was 15 years old and in 2007. Um, she developed a case of uncontrollable hiccups. Uh, she appeared on a bunch of television shows and claimed to be hiccuping 50 times a minute. Un- Constant That's crazy. Hiccups fifty times a minute. That's horrifying.
1: What? What is that? One every one every like three seconds or something. Two seconds or some shit.
0: Even less. Yeah, less. Like one less. One, 1. 2 one seconds, point two yeah. seconds. Jesus. Um, she. Um, it's it, they. They prescribed um drugs usually for like used for tourette's syndrome patients. Um, and uh they eventually went away sounds like after like a year they just went away
1: after the media attention died out
0: yeah so (laughs) so i so the reason this article is so interesting if you go to the the wikipedia article for hiccups if you go down to the see also section (laughs) jennifer me is a is a link in the hiccup she is like like the one of the spokespersons the spokespeople. She is one of like the five most associated articles to the Wikipedia article for hiccups on Wikipedia. Damn. But okay, here's the thing. Um, me was arrested for first degree murder in 2010, huh. and after a trial, she was convicted and sentenced to life in prison without parole in 2013. Uh, her transmutation from media darling. To convicted murderer attracted renewed national attention. So you <laughs> yeah. go, you're like, you're like, oh, I'm on Wikipedia, I'm gonna research about hiccups. And you're yeah. reading about hiccups, and you're like, oh, hiccup girl. Interesting. I should read about her. And you read and you're like, oh wait. No, this is a different story entirely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, this is it's like a, the American trajectory of celebrity, man.
0: It's Absolutely, yeah the the bell curve.
1: You get any amount of media attention, you're probably gonna murder someone.
2: Also, because it's very hard yeah. to sneak up on someone with fifty hiccups. In the- <laughs> <laughs> How do you pull that off?
0: She, uh, so so the murder is just like really sad and like kind of American, and, like it's very uh, like Florida, like mm-hmm. the you know like the Florida project. It could be mm-hmm. something like that. In 2010 me met up with a 22 year old man she had encountered online she lured the man to a vacant home and two of me's friends robbed and shot the man they got 50 dollars in the robbery and oh my god under florida law me was responsible as the person who was as responsible as the person who pulled the trigger after meeting the victim me led him around to the back of a vacant home where her two friends were waiting with a 38 caliber handgun Victim was shot four times, but police did not know which subject suspected the shooting and the victim died. So like you just like like a total like Florida nihilism, which I think is like a a, 50 bucks for 50 bucks. What are you doing? You're the hiccup girl. You've been on Today Show. And then then it looks like uh, uh, the family sued the drug maker that cured her hiccups Whoa. because they they used her face on like advertising and they said without without um uh their consent or something whatever
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so
0: there's just like a, there's a lot going on there's a lot to this is a Jennifer truly mean. american
1: story an american tragedy
2: i, don't know what I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: you got you've got um <laughs> c- celebrity yep you've got Side violence celebrity. with guns yep You've got uh, the need lawsuits, for money yeah, and law lo- and then, and then the law lo- and the lawsuit being slightly indirect, right? Yeah. Like a clear, a clear attempt at getting your own within this
0: chaotic. The, yeah, I, it's like you took you, this all, all of this somehow came out of the need for fame because you got the hiccups, like all of it is. Is, is that what you're of that. afraid
1: of the most? Is if you get hiccups too long, then you're going to go and entire... murder
0: somebody? Yeah. <laughs> um, it also there's no way this could have taken place in any state besides Florida. It's yeah. weird how prescient the idea of Florida is in stuff like that.
1: It would be regarded in like a Fargo-esque scenario if it was any other state where it's just like, man, I can't like what a weird whatever in Florida. It's like, yeah, man,
0: that's it do be like that sometimes. The idea of meeting someone online and taking them to the back of a vacant home where your friends shoot and rob them for $50 is like so grotesque anywhere else but Florida. Because in mm-hmm. Florida, I'm just imagining like entire subdivisions of like abandoned suburban sprawl in the right. swamp. Right. And that's just how people fucking foreclosing. And yeah, it's a it's an absolute true nightmare place. It's like
1: simultaneously it, it, like, hey, guy, like you should have fucking known better. But also like, mm-hmm. guy, like how many times have you been in that exact situation just to like achieve a very simple
0: goal just to survive? Right. You know, who knows? Yeah. So that's the story of Jennifer Me. Hey, short but sweet. Short, sweet,
1: and absolutely devastating.
2: (laughs) Very on topic for the Fourth of July episode. Yeah,
1: pretty (laughs) pretty
0: fucking Fourth of July. We're like
1: we're like really going through the Americanisms today. (laughs) Yep, I'll say this: the general vibe of this topic very in line with what we're talking about. Um, Yes. Past past few weeks of my life, I've been very steeped in the late 60s, early 70s because I'm in a, a live show where I have to know about that stuff. I guess I could yeah. plug it. Brassroots district opening, I think next this weekend. Oh Jesus. Yeah, the 10th, right? Um, yeah. And it's all about the 70s. It's a funk show. It's very cool. But um, I play the guy with the van, which is I think about as much as you need to know. Um, but our topic today is a bit of a surprise badass. I think he might be a, a Hall of Famer. I'll let you guys yeah, decide. Okay. Today we're talking about motherfucking Doc Ellis. Ooh, yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, Hell we are. are.
0: He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Already hall done. of yeah. Famer for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, For those that are unfamiliar, Doc Ellis was an American professional baseball player. Played in the major leagues as a right-handed pitcher. From 1968 through 1979, most notably as a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm -hmm. um, They won the Pirates while he was there. They won uh, five NL Eastern Division titles um, between 1970 and 1975. And they won the World Series. He pretty much took them to the World Series in 1971. He's a good pitcher. But the reason that some of us particularly might know doc ellis mm-hmm. is because on July, june 12 1970 doc ellis threw a no hitter and later stated that he accomplished the feat under the influence of lsd uh there's a documentary about this um i don't remember what it's called but it's probably called like the no doc doc and the no no or something like that um <laughs> It's the only. It's the only documentary about a guy pitching a no hitter Yeah. On acid. So on you'll acid. find it. There
0: you go. Yeah, you'll, I think you'll figure it out. Yeah.
1: Um, but you know, his whole story is this very interesting, very of the times, and also, you know, eternal story of of being a black man in America mm-hmm. and being in the position that he is. Um so uh these are the last two bits from the from the first you know paragraph or the first section it says uh ellis was an outspoken advocate for the rights of players and african americans he had a substance abuse problem and acknowledged this after his retirement that he had never pitched without the use of drugs
0: Hmm. after
1: going into treatment ellis remained sober and devoted the remainder of his life to counseling others with substance use disorder in treatment centers and prison. So the two reasons I got here, one, just because I'm looking into sixty, seventy stuff in general, um, and of course, the presence of psychotropic drugs and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but also with this uh, current Olympic scandal Ooh, situation the, with Shakari yeah.
0: Richardson. Yeah.
1: Um, who uh, is under a ton of fire right now. She'll miss the Olympic 100 because she failed a marijuana test. Um, yeah. And she is the single best female sprinter in the world right now. The single best. And she may not be uh, competing because of marijuana, a, a yeah. substance that is now legal in, what, 19 states? because
0: Including the what- state that she... Yeah. She smoked the marijuana. She Because she, was, um
1: business investors need something new. That's why it's legal in 19 states. You know, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, it's a white-owned industry that is mm-hmm. uh has been a tool to um disenfranchise black people yep. for you know, a century. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, there isn't there isn't a ton to say on the shikari richardson thing besides that mm-hmm. it's just absolute fucking hot garbage and it's garbage. unbelievably myopic and dumb and i i the only um consolation i guess is that mm-hmm. i don't know that we've seen the public the american public react so on one side to a mm-hmm. drug related issue in our mm-hmm. league ever maybe in the history of mm-hmm. modern sports like i don't i don't know that there is anyone besides like the conservative media empire that is saying like this makes sense in any way right it's right completely unbelievable and and it's obviously just so hypocrite. like michael phelps smoked weed he mm-hmm. smokes weed every day. I mean, mm-hmm. who is to say that Michael Phelps didn't fail a, a drug test or he probably has the, like the, the infrastructure with his coaching and team that there's yep. no way he was ever taking a drug test in the first place. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, there is was absolutely. So are we to say that if Michael Phelps had failed a drug test 30 days before the Olympics in the prime of his career, that they would have suspended him for 30 days? I don't buy it.
1: I don't think they would have.
0: I don't buy it at all.
1: I don't think wow. so personally. Um so that's some cl- what I'm going to say is that's some classic shit but on the heels of the Naomi Osaka situation, you know, mm-hmm. this might be a, a a slight moment, you know? Yeah. Um but let's get into some Doc Ellis, you know?
0: Yeah, let's let's get back into Doc he's, Ellis. He's
1: he's a groovy guy, man. Mm-hmm. Um born in L.A. Uh, Ellis attended Gardena High School in, of course, nice. Gardena, very close to where I live. Um, at age 14, he began drinking alcohol and using drugs. Which Didn't people, well. at 14, pe- people at
2: 14, people at 14 <laughs> do not
1: do that. Um, Ellis played for the school's basketball team, recording 21 assists in one game. He played baseball as an infielder for a local semi-professional team called the Pittsburgh Pirates Rookies, Funny. along with future major leaguers, Willie Crawford, Bill Rohr, uh, Tom Harrison, just a ton of people, Reggie Smith. um, And uh, the team was managed by Chet Brewer, who was a pitcher in the Negro Leagues, mm. um, played for the Kansas City Monarchs from 57 to 70. Oh, no, no, played for the Kansas City Monarchs and then from 57 to 74, he scouted for the pirates. So interesting. Now this is cool. However, Ellis refused to play for the Gardena High School baseball team because a baseball referred a baseball player referred to him as a spear chucker. Hmm. So he just said, No, I'm on the semi-professional Pittsburgh yes. Pirates farm Fuck team. You. Um Gardena High School can suck a chode. Yeah. Uh, when Ellis was caught drinking and smoking marijuana in, high, in a high school bathroom during his senior year, the school agreed not to expel him if he agreed to play for the school's baseball team. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we won't expel you if you'll uh, bring us a good name within our.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: he appeared in four games and was named All League. And then he attended a junior college, LA Harbor College. And uh, so, cool. And then he had a minor league career, you know, pretty standard. Played a few, um, you know, different teams. He was uh, he he played for the Macon Peaches. Nice of the Southern League.
0: Classic.
1: The Macon Peaches of the Southern Macon League. Peaches. Um. Uh. But the but so sorry, Ellis started the 67 season season with uh, Columbus. He believed that he was not on the major league club because the Pirates already had a number of African-American players. He felt hmm. that the team did not want to alienate white fans. That's mm-hmm. why he was sent down to the Macon Peaches, which Ellis believed was because of the length of his hair. Ellis said that he was promoted back to Columbus after shaving his head. Interesting. Yeah. During his minor league career, Ellis once chased a heckler in the stands with a baseball bat. Hell yeah. That's all and that's all there is about that. That's all there is to that. (laughs) No, no reason, nothing. He also used pills. Yeah, he also used pills when he pitched, specifically the amphetamines, benzadrine, and dexamil. Wow. Stressed by the pressure of his can't miss status as a prospect. Ellis became addicted. It's the pressures of moving up. Mm-hmm. He later said that he never pitched a game without using
0: amphetamines. He eventually Which, needed. Hmm. I think that's probably pretty consistent with most yeah. of the major, like most oh, professional sports in the seventies. Totally. Yeah. Especially because like, like baseball. Am, amphetamine pills like were very, very prominent in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't and feminine pills, like essentially what they called like, um, diet pills during that yeah, time. Pretty much. It just like, makes you like what, burn energy and like, yeah. <laughs> that's like what Elvis died on. No, he died on the
1: toilet. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Good dad joke. Uh, throwback. Okay. Um, Ellis acknowledged that he began to use cocaine in the late sixties. Yeah. Not, not surprising. Yeah. Um, Ellis held out from the Pirates. He he like held out for a while. Um, and then he came to terms with the team in March of 1968. Blah, 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 blah. Um, he met, he made his MLB debut in 1968. He was doing all right. You know, whatever. On June 12th, 1970, <laughs> Ellis no hit the San Diego Padres. Wow. Hilarious. You know. If you're a baseball fan now, you could probably be like, "Yeah, I guess I could probably hit a no-no against the Padres on
0: acid. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably pitch a perfect game against the Mariners on acid." Yeah, yeah. I but, I, uh, I did yeah. remember that he, it was in Southern California because he. Yeah, I think he was in LA. I think that he didn't know that he was pitching. Right? You you're, mm-hmm. you can get into
1: it. it was. I just yeah, love yeah, the story. Yeah. No no no. You're right. You're right though. Yeah. It's um. So it was in the first game of a doubleheader. Um, and after the pirates had flown to San Diego on Thursday, June 11th, the day before Ellis mm-hmm. visited a friend in Los Angeles and used LSD two or three times. Okay. <laughs> which is, which is a hilarious phrase because the context is one day mm-hmm. <laughs> and he apparently used LSD <laughs> two or three times. Usually it's a trip until you like go to bed.
0: Yeah, and, like, you're um, done, yeah.
1: It's it's one, you know? All right. Thinking it was still Thursday, he took a hit of LSD uh, on Friday at noon, and his friend's girlfriend, which I love, his friend's girlfriend reminded him at 2 p.m. that he was scheduled to pitch that night. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ellis flew from L.A. to San Diego at 3 p.m., arrived at the stadium at 4.30. Game started at 6.00. Ellis said that he threw the no hitter despite being unable to feel the ball, or see the batter or catcher clearly. He also said that his catcher Jerry May wore reflective tape on his fingers, which helped Ellis see May's signals. So oh and he's god. wearing like neon tape on his fingers, so he can be like, "Hey, you know, yeah. curve, curve ball!" And then Doc Ellis is from the mound, just looking at these three little bits of tape floating in front of his fucking face.
0: Right. Oh my god.
1: Amazing. Um, Ellis walked eight batters and struck out (laughs) six. And he was aided by excellent fielding plays by second baseman Bill Mazarowski and center fielder Matty Olu. As Ellis recounted, I can only remember bits and pieces of the game. I was psyched. I had a feeling of euphoria. Yeah, that's probably the acid. I was zeroed in on the catcher's glove, but I didn't hit the glove too much. I remember hitting a couple batters and the bases were loaded two or three times. The ball was small. Sometimes the ball was large. Sometimes sometimes I saw the catcher. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I tried to stare the hitter down and throw while I was looking at him. (laughs) (laughs) which I love. I chewed uh, the gum until it was powder. Oh my god. Uh, they say I had about three to four fielding chances. I remember diving out of the way of the ball I thought was a line drive. I jumped, but the ball wasn't hit hard
0: and never reached me. I so there, I don't think there's any video of that game, right? That's so that's a crazy thing, is this
1: is like pretty hard to confirm. Like no no one except his homies confirm. Yeah. Can confirm that this was even a thing. The no-no is real. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is before, you know, we can go on YouTube and look up 10 craziest sports plays, you know? Um, yeah. But then Ellis reported that he never used LSD during the season again, though he continued to use amphetamines, which is different. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the story was made public, Ellis said that he regretted taking LSD that day because hmm. it robbed him of his greatest professional memory interesting yeah um and then there are a lot of people like i just mentioned there are people who um very skeptical uh bob smizzik of the F- pittsburgh press uh believes ellis's versions although he did not witness the game in person bill christine also of the pittsburgh press though does not believe him and he was at he was at the game that day Hmm. And he said, I practically lived with the team that year and said that he did not notice anything unusual, which to me is, like, yeah, but Doc House is, like, you know, if a guy's, like, 100% of the time high, how can you tell when, he is,
0: when he's high? Yeah, exactly. On- he pitches every mm-hmm. game on an amphetamine. It's like, yeah. he's got to be kind of a – yeah. Also so, – um- I'll bet in, Bill Christine was on amphetamines too. Everyone in the seventies, yeah, every single one of these baseball games was on amphetamines. So, like, the, he I did not
1: know. notice anything unusual. Doesn't say anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, I don't buy. Yeah, I don't. I don't get anything from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he did that, and he was like, "You know what? I'm not going to do LSD anymore. I do want to keep pitching." So he actually, this is interesting because he starts to begin like kind of taking his own role as a baseball player, like seemingly a little Hmm. more seriously after this um because it is after this season that he really starts hitting his stride interesting um so he uh he worked on his changeup for the 1971 season and was rewarded by being named the pirates opening day starting pitcher so he's like Hmm. you know still on the up and up when
0: this happens because this is the team that the 71 team is the team that won The World Series, right? He was the he was the number one on the the team that won the World Series. Like, and he
1: and he started in the All Star Game for the NL. You know, Hmm. Um, he he was the losing pitcher in that game, but you know, to be picked to be the starting pitcher of the All Star Game, like you know, totally the suits have to respect you. Yeah. Um. But the main thing about him in that All Star Game, though, is that Reggie Jackson hit a huge homer off of him. Mm, Um, Of course. Uh. The next, oh, this is this is the best part of it. During the game, Reggie Jackson hit a towering home run off, off of Ellis. The home run estimated to have traveled 600 feet, tied a 1926 homer by Babe Ruth for the longest measured home run on wow. record. The next time the two opposed each other, Ellis beamed Jackson in the face in retaliation for his earlier home run. Hell yeah. Which is like his, oh, which is like his whole thing. Um, hold on, there's a another story where he uh oh 1974 ellis attempted to hit every batter in the cincinnati reds lineup (laughs) with a pitch on may 1st 1974 because he was angry that his team was intimidated by the reds at that time called the big Red machine um and ellis admired pete rose and was concerned about how he would respond but Ellis decided to do it regardless. He hit Rose. He hit Joe Morgan and Dan Dresen in this top of the first inning. Dryason at the top of the first inning with his first six pitches all aimed at the batters.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. There, he there's no way you get, get past it. the second pitch in today's yeah, right? baseball. You'd get thrown out after the second pitch. Yeah. Maybe even the first. Um, That's crazy.
1: That's what's funny is you would think he would get immediately either thrown out or pulled out by the manager. This is when the manager decided to finally take him out. Um, With the bases loaded, Ellis attempted to throw strikes to clean up hitter Tony Perez, but walked him, forcing a home run. And that was finally when he um, got Oh, and then he aimed two pitches at the head of Johnny Bench
0: after that. (laughs) And then he was finally removed. (laughs) I like this because, like, I I think that the um, like the, uh, what is it the, like unwritten rules of baseball are really fucking dumb most of the time, mm-hmm. but this is like kind of like subverting the rules of baseball to so, like exactly. your own, you know, like your own. It's like if you if you acknowledge that that sports and baseball is just like like a about power, right, or about, like, you know, being, you know, making a statement, uh, then the unwritten rules can, like, kind of be bent into ways that you can, Mm -hmm. you know, can can benefit you. Because of how, like, opposite it is of, like, football, for example,
1: Mm -hmm. Um, like, any tension is all, first of all, socially distanced, (laughs) and secondly, very passive-aggressive. Right. It's the best thing about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where it's like a pitch that's kind of high and inside can be an absolute fuck you, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I know it's, it's much more, it's much more deliberate, like Mm -hmm. and much more nuanced than football, which like football is, yeah, is a game that is being played by the coaches, right? Like it's like Mm -hmm. pawns, it's war, you know? Yeah. Baseball is, is so much about the individual. Like, uh even down to the point where it's like you're not really even like when you're batting especially like you're not really on a team so much mm-hmm. as like you are a set of numbers and and averages that mm-hmm. could if put in the right like way could And
1: like, that's the thing is everyone has their own thing you know. Right. Like I think back to you know the team that I always think of. my only real team is the 2001 Mariners you know that's sure. that's my forever team. Yeah. and and you got you got to have an Edgar who can fucking yeah. just can't run for shit. No, but it doesn't matter because usually he can walk the bases because he's hitting them out of the park, and you add points to that because you can count on Ichiro already being on base. You know, right? Like right. that kind of shit. Uh, it's so fun. I love baseball yeah. so much.
0: <laughs> so chill, and
1: the food and the food at baseball games.
0: Yeah. Well, being a Mariners fan, like, kind of engenders loving baseball for, like, for baseball. Yeah. Just for, (laughs) like, the, just for the enjoyment of the sport, not for, like, glory. You want, you want to know, um, the, the Mariners
1: have two, two great stats that I love. They are tied for the most wins in a single season in all of baseball 116 wins in a season. The, Cubs or the White Sox did it in like 1916 or something, mm-hmm. 18 maybe. But the Mariners have that yeah. forever until you know someone breaks it, but who's gonna do that? Um, the I other stat the other major mariner stat is that they are the single most losing team out of all four major sports in the United States, the single, mm-hmm. like historically worst team to exist. The only team so, to not ever play in a World Series, much less win, never played. God, I love the Mariners. <laughs>
0: Uh, the the this era of the Pittsburgh Pirates is super fun too. Like the P- Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates of the seventies. So you've got Doc Ellis, you've got Roberto Clemente, mm-hmm. uh, who was like a, a literal saint. Um, you know, famously one of the greatest baseball players of all time died in a plane crash because he was trying to get like um aid materials to uh some part of South America, like he was literally on an aid mission. Um, and then a little bit later is this guy, Dave Parker, um, mm. who, so the Dave Parker, let me make sure. Yeah. Dave Parker Pirates. He it was, he, so he played, his nickname was the Cobra, which is mm. a fucking great nickname. Um, and he played on the Pirates from 73 to 83. Uh, and they were, they were just like um they were very black. Um he, there's a great picture of Dave Parker um in in this like floppy hat. He he's just like the coolest looking dude ever. Um he's got a floppy hat. And he's in the, the locker room and it's he's got a shirt on that says uh I'm gonna see if I can find it. This might be the thumb this might be in the social media, yeah. Um It says, if you hear any noise, it's just me and the boys bopping. Which I've always (laughs) felt is, like, one of the fucking greatest lines of all time. If you hear any noise, it's just me and the boys bopping. Fucking put that on a shirt. I'm going to...
2: Poetic. Yeah,
0: I'm going to... Let's see if I can... uh, Does this work?
1: That's great. I'm going to take this time to say... um, speaking of your uh, very black team 1971 the pirates became the first mlb team to field an all black starting
0: lineup i sent the picture uh yeah well this is 71 <laughs> that's such a good shirt man fuck it's the fucking best shirt i like almost want to try and find that shirt he's i mean that that picture is like the epitome of cool too to me. Like yeah. you got a hat that's maybe not cool, but like you've made it cool. You're a good looking dude and you got yep. this like fucking shirt that's like it's it says everything. It says everything that it needs to say about you in yep. that moment. Yep. The if shirt, I saw that the
2: hat sh- on a white girl, I would think, okay, you're a brunch girl. But on his <laughs> yeah. yes. boxes, that's, so wow. that's the thing.
1: That's the it's that? the it's exactly that.
0: Whoa. Anyway, man, Doc Ellis, man, Doc Ellis, man. Thank you, Doc Ellis. You gave us a lot of different subjects you to talk did. about. Yeah, Wiki Hole number two. Um, but I'm gonna see how I. Let's see how I should do this. Let's see. I am still recording. Thank goodness.
1: Guess when you talk about right. baseball, my shit works fine. Yeah.
0: All right. Will you allow me screen sharing, Virg?
1: Sure can. Oh yeah, the map. Very right. much looking forward to this. All right, so I'm so curious. It could be anything. I love I love maps. I love all right. I love the meta map concepts. Ooh. All
0: right, so so yellow is okay. um as much as twenty percent, but essentially zero. Let's so okay. the yellow on the map is essentially zero. Okay. The orange on the map can be anywhere from twenty to 80 percent but let's say it's more like 50 to 80 percent the the orange is prominent and the red is like essentially a hundred percent
1: that's so interesting
0: what is this map about islam no
1: that's my first guess Well, i guess south korea wouldn't be so so red yeah that's what's throwing me off right now is that there is
0: some weird patterns at play. The here.
1: fact that yeah, the fact that North Korea and Japan are the same color, and South Korea is like definitely red,
0: insanely
1: red. Yeah. Because then I thought for a second maybe it's like some amount of U.S. presence, but that doesn't make sense.
2: I feel like this is going to be no, nah, no, nah, never mind. I was going to say Christianity, but I think that's off.
0: Okay, well, so religion is is intriguingly present in this conversation yeah yeah i'll give you a guess on that yeah religion is intriguingly present um
1: it's like monotheism versus polytheism mm
0: -hmm.
1: why is is that bangladesh that's
0: so red bangladesh is red so is this all the places that are like
1: sinking into the ocean (laughs) (laughs) yo i have no idea because then madagascar versus like the rest of that just that little bit of coast
0: I would also say too, that like the US in particular should almost be red. Is, is, is this like weed to... usage? No, ooh, that's interesting. That is interesting. But the US would be the highest, and like US has more yeah, like right legalized now, yeah. weed. Um, So the US is closer to red, Canada and Australia are closer to yellow. So it's almost like a red herring that they're,
1: the US should be- How much they hate babies. the queen. How much they disrespect <laughs> <Yeah>. the queen. <laughs>
0: All right, are you guys are you guys ready? I would for love the, to know the answer. Yeah. All right, so this is a map showing the prevalence of circumcision in the world.
1: Whoa! Okay, oh. the Africa, the Africa, Middle East, the is- Islamic countries make sense.
0: So, so uh, in the in the world right now, about one third of all men. Are circumcised, and oh, of one that third. one third, like eighty percent or like seventy five percent are Muslims. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, all right. So we're going to talk about circumcision today, <laughs> uh because okay. And I, I, I'm, I'm super intrigued by it. um Oh, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. My, my camera roll. uh But uh, so, so circumcision is is very interesting. I, I think yeah. that. There are two maps that seem very, very like strange and nonsensical when talking about America in the context Mm -hmm. of the world. One is the use of the metric system (laughs) uh, because there is a big red US as, as well as the country of Liberia and the country of Myanmar. Those are the only three countries on Earth. That do not
1: Liberia, I kinda understand. <laughs> Liberia, I understand. <laughs> Myanmar?
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh and then circumcision, because um if you look at like the prevalence of circumcision, the US is extremely different from the rest of its like cultural. Right uh, counterparts are compatriots, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the, the, the circumcision rates in Europe, Latin America, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, well, those two specific, specifically is like almost 0%. Like there mm-hmm. are countries in, in Latin America, like Honduras, where essentially there isn't a single person that's circumcised in the entire country. Mm. Um, the U S, uh, in like the early 2000s was like 95% of, of white, non-Hispanic men were circumcised in the United States. And the number is decreasing. Um, yeah. But I searched, I was really looking, I can't find like a a good answer. Like there isn't like actually anything, any specific reason why um, I can, it is I can so- I think of one
1: potential reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I I know there's a rise in the mom internet community that's very like sim, generally similar in its movement as anti-vax kind of situation. Yeah. With the anti-circumcision as a medical yep. situation. So a lot of white moms on the internet are, are right now pretty anti, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, and so I'll tell you this. I, cause I, I that's saw guess. like that. I saw that, uh, that map on Instagram, like, cause I don't know, for oh. whatever reason, my discover page is now just like all maps. Um, <laughs> it's just both ex- exciting to me and like kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <Nerd>. uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was thinking about it because I am circumcised. Um, Ew, dude. And, <laughs> same, same, actually. Same. Are you really? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's that was what's one of the other things That's just... why the Japan thing is because interesting. Japan, funny, Japan is interesting was... because.
2: That one. Just... <laughs> I feel like my exposure in Japan has been explicitly circumcision. And so the fact that that's not like a common thing with the overall population.
0: Yeah. That's super interesting. I was expecting to come into this being a little bit like. Oh, I'm on an island here in this conversation, but that's <laughs> nah, interesting I because got, I don't got no dick cheese. Yeah, in <laughs> um, in in the Wikipedia article for prevalence of circumcision, uh, it says the rates vary widely by country, from virtually zero percent in Honduras and Japan to six point six percent in Spain to twenty point seven percent in the United Kingdom to forty five percent in South Africa to seventy five percent in the United States. To over 90% in Israel and many Muslim countries. So that's the spectrum. And I think yeah. that spectrum is super fascinating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um great case study on clearly, just
1: like humans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so clearly, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but you guys definitely grew up in an kind of an American enclave in Japan. Right. Like and so mm-hmm. it's so fascinating that that culture, there is something very strong culturally about this practice. Like for whatever reason, people are feel like extremely strongly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is now at this point, there is essentially no medical reason why um uh-huh. the South Africa rates are kind of interesting because there is a small uh there is some data to suggest that um circumcision can in a small way protect against HIV transmission. Okay. Um yeah. so like in in countries sub-Saharan Africa mm-hmm. uh, in particular where mm-hmm. HIV is like completely rampant um right. there is a a medical movement to mm-hmm circumcised people because Mm -hmm. it can, you know, protect against HIV transmission, but like in the West where HIV is at this point, very rare, like Mm -hmm. communities don't have this like kind of rampant HIV transmission. There's no medical reason. Um, The cultural reason for Jews and Muslims is quite explicit. So Mm -hmm. there's reason there, but Americans, um, picked this up, like the West kind of picked this up in the late 19th century um, from Jews and Muslims, specifically as a way to prevent or to kind of curb masturbation. It's supposed to like be a a sexual, like to, to curb like sexual yeah. propriety or whatever which could i was wondering be about luck. that i mean because yeah right seriously because that's <laughs> that's like
1: a whole I, I was wondering if we were going to talk about um excision like female circumcision at all because in africa that's a whole yeah. different thing you know it, and that it, is closer it, to the like curb sexual pleasure and like oppress it's suppressed and oppress in that way it,
0: explicitly right i mean it, yeah. it, it it is like the it because men have plenty of like nerve receptors in their genitals from, from bottom to top, like the foreskin doesn't make a brick, but like women, I mean, yeah. it is removing the pleasure nerves mm-hmm. from their genitals. And so I did do a little bit of research. We can definitely talk about um, that a little bit. It's obviously horrifying. Um, yeah and i I think it's
1: a it's also like a separate conversation from what we're having in many ways as
0: well so we it is yeah i i we don't i kind of don't want to get too far into it because i think that there is more of a a discussion of morality when it comes to fgm um Mm. and like there there are obviously anthropologists who kind of slow roll the west's Savior complex I mean, like okay we need to stop fgm immediately because they're like mm-hmm. okay there are tribes in africa that this is cultural and right. then it's like well how do you how do you prescribe your values on other cultures i mean the short answer is that we do that plenty and like right. maybe this is a pretty good one to focus on rather than i don't know some like weird form of democracy in the middle east or whatever most other things yeah (laughs) yeah but but that uh, the the discussion with this is more interesting because it is largely um i don't want to say trivial but that kind of is the word like right like to ultimately the the removal of the foreskin a doesn't really do anything but also doesn't like hurt anything right so, 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 the, the, here, actually, there's a great line. Um, I mean, as
1: someone who is circumcised, I can, I can tell you that when I, when I read any of the mom stuff about medical stuff and all that, I'm just like, okay, well, if I am afflicted by all of those things, I can tell you that it does not affect
0: <laughs> your, <life>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, truly
1: the only thing I know that's the difference between circumcised and uncircumcised people in our general world is that I don't have to deal with dick cheese near it's much easier to keep my dick clean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I would say, um, I, I think in a community or a culture where the rates are high and remain to be high. It, if, if I do have a son, you know, down the line, I think that there is an argument to be made that it's like, well, this, like I want his dick to look like my dick. I think that that makes that makes just every all conversations easier, right? Like I there's yeah. a So Mickey, I I love yeah, I'm what's so up? To
2: pick This topic because this is something I've been fascinated by for so long and I've had these exact thoughts of like why is it if we don't have really medical proof for reason to do this anymore? Why is it still so prevalent, even in cultures where it's not like a religious or there's no like real reason to do it? Other than, and my thought was, it's probably the father just wants their son to look like them, stuff like that. But it is, it's strange that it's so prevalent still. And it's like Agreed. I have a personal relationship with it too, because it's like my preference is for circumcised dicks sure kind of off of like experience but then also if i were to have a kid would i circumcise them and right like, probably not because there's no but this, it's just it's so weird
0: <laughs> it's a really interesting i think it's a really interesting conversation and i i here too because in in line with that what you just said um there's a great like really well written part of this wikipedia article that's just on circumcision that says um the positions of the world's major medical organizations range from a belief that elective circumcision of babies and children carries significant risks and offers no medical benefits yeah. to a belief that the procedure has a modest health benefit that outweighs small risks so mm. that that range is so interesting right in the sense mm-hmm. where it's like yeah, you could or you couldn't, you know, and 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 there's a there's an ability to kind of like make your way to either side. Yeah. But seemingly is small enough that it can permeate entire cultures like the fact that that like white men specifically in the United States so overwhelmingly do this, mm-hmm. whereas. Essentially, all other white men on Earth do not is is entirely in this this little spectrum where it's like, yeah, it's a small risk, and the health benefits, though minor, they outweigh it. That's what I understand. That's how we've gotten ourselves on this track.
1: That's what I understand my personal situation to be. Is you know, like my mom was just like, you were born in Japan. I trust Japanese doctors. Like the reason I haven't any. Is because Japanese doctors are that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so she was like, in that case, the long-term benefits outweighed the risks because I trusted the doctor. She said, if I was born in the U S very possibly not.
0: Sure. Well, yeah. so I, in preparation for today, I listened to like 30 minutes of an anti-circumcision podcast um okay. a whole podcast. Which I a whole podcast, 28 episodes that they makes have me feel better
1: than, about our concept.
0: Yeah. Twenty-eight episodes that are all about circumcision. Like an and um how can you come up with that much material? <laughs> I know. Well, so the episode I listened to, it said featuring like some radio host from ESPN. And then I started <laughs> listening to it and realized that it was him, the host of this podcast on this woman's radio show so it was oh it was that he is just like rebranding all of his like crusading anti-circumcision interviews onto his podcast um it's one way to do it good for him shout out to uh circumcision podcast i think is what it was called i don't know um but his thing was that in america it's a $2,000 procedure that gets billed to insurance. Ah,
1: that makes so sense doctors,
0: too. when you have a boy are like, you only just snip, snip that. Cause then they like add that on uh, that it, and it's insured. Right? right. But it's like, they add that on to the bill that then goes to the insurance companies. And, yes. and so, you know, I, I could see that there's like a cynical, it doesn't you know, surprise American me at all. Capitalism yeah. that work, but I do. I mean, I do think fundamentally, the major reason why it's so prominent in the united states is because our dads were cut so we are and very likely our sons will be you know Mm -hmm. like it's just it's just it it continues you know it's like a it's just it's just a thing we do um
2: it's an interesting cross-section between culture religion aesthetics and mm -hmm. medical arena totally all of those kind of come together and then it's interesting too that you have people who will elect for circumcision later in life like as teenagers adults they'll want to get that operation i was
1: almost gonna jokingly say like i think i'm gonna let my kid decide and then i was like i think i might actually just let my kid decide that's
0: (laughs) like a thing that exists yeah no so that's a that is a an interesting thing that like kind of blew my mind and it, it does open like another part of the conversation that i think we should talk about um but yeah like so like the philippines is a mm-hmm. is a very circumcised um yes. part of the world and uh the majority of circumcisions in the philippines happen between the ages of 11 and 13 so it is not as Ooh. it is in the west like the parts of the west that circumcise and the middle yeah. east where it's like a a baby procedure it's you do it like is it
1: as a as, is there a ritual i should know this but is there what? ritual significance or
0: i think that there's a bit of a rite of passage kind of thing involved it, it okay, seems what? like almost everywhere except for the united states there it's like got like some actual someone's oh, of like importance and rite of passage here it's like i right, you want me to add this on to your your bill when you're yeah. at the hospital with your son which honestly makes sense i mean that's Again, when I have a son, if I have a son, is probably what's going to happen. It's like,
1: I'm glad I missed that bit of my culture. You know, what's interesting about Asia is um, aside (laughs) from the aside from the Islam aspect of the Indonesia, Malay Peninsula area. um, Yeah. The two countries that are big on it are the two that are most um, influenced by 20th century American militarism. Philippines and South Korea.
0: Uh, South Korea. South Korea, yeah, absolutely. So and, South and, Korea is, um, yeah. Specifically and I could see Japan because, being like, like specifically like anti- The only reason, reason. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, so South Korea was, like, has like kind of a um, a history with um, not, like there is like kind of like a historical not tradition, but like cultural value of not changing the body at all. Like Uh that as a part of Korean culture that has really morphed and like, kind of like turned on its head since the American, you could call it occupation or, or, you know, the military influence. And I do wonder how much of the effect of American military men sleeping with Korean women with a, different type mm, of penis i i can see that kind of influencing huge. the culture like american culture is like the 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 culture of like global capitalism right and so those interconnect like there's probably a lot of people in nova scotia that fucking never leave nova scotia like right not right, to right. like that area travel, no like, but that know, area like,
1: is like yeah. like
0: the rural parts of nova scotia and so it's like I wonder if people who are like kind of linked into the global capitalist or the, the global American cultural network, like, are obvious. Like the the chances of you being circumcised like go up much higher. Right, you know right, I mean? right.
1: If it's like if it's like any more than like fifteen percent in your with inside of your family, the likelihood of it happening to you is just like higher. Right. Yeah. I yeah. can see that. I can see that. Very because clearly mine, clearly the way my dick has looked my whole life has something to do with, again,
0: American geopolitics in the 20th century. Dude, yeah, I know you're obviously a mix of a lot of different cultures, but that dick is American. Like, there's a, <laughs> it's, it's that's American. the only reason you were circumcised is because your dick is American.
1: Literally the first time I realized that my cousin and I are like, <laughs> are like different different know? cultures yeah yeah just peeing next to him in this probably in the same urinal at like age five being like huh oh oh maybe this has something to do with the fact that i go to an american school and you don't i don't know, <laughs> you know?
0: awesome um that's great yeah i think that's all i got about circumcision
1: i think it's great i think so, we got a good episode about dicks and docs that was um, a truly fascinating yeah, and topic and if and um, if we do find that GIF of uh, circumcision over time, we'll need to we'll need yeah, take a look we'll, at
0: that. will yeah, we'll post it. I think that there's I think that there's probably some unfinished business that will come out of yeah. Okay, that was kind of like a little bomb thrown in. Like we should think more about circumcision. I think it's going to come up everywhere. We're going to think, think see so. it all the time. Just circumcised so. dicks all everywhere. You know. Everywhere,
1: <laughs> everywhere. I e- mean, who knows. We may be turning a new leaf. Um, You may be looking at more rolled up mole rats in your life.
2: (laughs) You (laughs) know what? I'm down for it. Like, good for you. I love
0: it. I love it. Um, Well, hey, guys. I think that was a good ep. Solid ep. Fourth of July ep. My shit's still recording. God
1: God bless America. God have mercy on us all. (laughs)
2: Listeners, if you have a an uncircumcised dick, send us pics. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: email yeah, at, only, please. Yeah, J- email John, only. At John, at gmail. <laughs> John C. Nicholas
0: at gmail.com. Text
2: him to.
0: If you've got an uncircumcised dick, listener, we want to see it. We would we like to see it.
1: See it. Um, all three of us have seen and it. On enough that note- circumcised dicks. Yes. Yeah, oh, um, we're
0: done with that. Yeah, we're Hegelian Friendship Uncut.
1: Simulator. Um, you can find <laughs> yeah. us on the internet in various places that you probably expect to find us. Thank you for listening to the circumcision
0: you. podcast. live 4. Been the circumcision right. podcast.